Happy Monday. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawk Show, powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at comed.com slash clean. Hi, I'm Jay Zawoski. Greg Boyson's here. Mario's off for one more day. We got Steven running the show. It is Mailbag Monday. We've got a ton to get to. Thank you all so much for your questions. We got a lot from the uh, Diehards Only Discord. We've got a bunch from our Twitter at chgo underscore Blackhawks. No emails, uh, but if you ever want to email us, it's blackhawks at allchgo.com. Good for your more extended thoughts. Steve from Cicero must be on vacation. He is on vacation, yes. Yeah, Steve from Cicero. He came in Island. been out of town. He is uh, on the lam, so to speak. He is from Cicero, after all. He righted out his buddies, and now Steve from Cicero he's is hiding. In, he's in witness protection, and we'll never hear from him again. Steve from Tucson. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, make sure you smash that like button for us on YouTube. Uh, make sure you subscribe there as well. Same deal on your favorite podcast app. Follow, subscribe, rate, review. Just started using Pocket Casts. like that app. Very nice. Is it? Yeah, it's good. Real easy to manage. Sometimes I just change things for the sake of it. You like okay. that? You ever do that? No, I always yeah. listen on Spotify just because you're I paid consistent. For it. Yeah, sometimes I just like I change things up just for the sake of something new. So I changed the Pocket Cast, and I've been enjoying it. I mean, I would have to like start something fresh on there because I'd have no idea if like I'm in the middle of a podcast. Well, here's I, what's nice about Pocket Cast is I is I stump for a company that doesn't I was pay say, us. Are they giving us some? You right as here? soon as you sign up, you can transfer your subscriptions from another service, um. and they have a thing. Where you go through the filter and it says like unfinished episodes and they're all right there for you. Nice. Very nice. All right. All right. That's enough. Yes. Pay us. You owe pocket us cash. That first you, one's free, buddy. You owe us three hundred dollars for that. <laughs> Invoice will exactly. be in the mail. Uh Cricket, the producer today is Steven. Say hello to Steven. Not just he's more than just producer. He's number one in our hearts. Oh, I was gonna say, what else am I? That's it. No, you're, you're more than that. two things. Come on. He's, good. He's still recovering from his seven-hour bear show he had to produce. It was a long one. What do you guys think, huh? You think Justin Fields will uh, be back? Man. How about Eberflus? Nine hours late there. <laughs> All right, let's get to some Hawks questions. The winning team in town, damn it. Yes. I mean, at least I would hate to see the losing yesterday. team in town. Most that's recently. The team. Well, yesterday. They were yes, the only team yesterday. yesterday. They are the team on a winning streak. Yes, we were the only show that got to do a victory <laughs> podcast yesterday. All right. We're starting from our Discord. This one is from Gary. That's Gary, right? Yeah. Uh, What can the Hawks really learn from their own players with all these mismatched lines? Is it time for Reichel to show up or move on? Um, Well, the first question is, you probably can't learn too much right now. You can learn who can play with anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Who's versatile, I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of... You can't really put guys in positions to succeed, per se, or right. play them to their strengths. You just kind of be like, you're a live body. Go play 17 minutes. Well, here's here's what I will say that I have liked about – I don't like any – sorry, starting over. I don't like anything about the injuries. But we've gotten to see how Jason Dickinson looks in the power play. We got to see Zach Sanford on the power play yesterday. Vlasic's getting power play time. So now some guys who, with a fully healthy or more healthy lineup at least – Guys that wouldn't get power play time are now getting it. And maybe it's kind of a window into seeing, like, all right, maybe there's something there that we hadn't thought we had before. Um, So it'll be interesting to see uh, how Luke adapts to power play when his team is back to normal health. And we've got Radish skating, Anderson skating, Seth Jones skating. Um, They'll probably participate in the morning skate tomorrow since today was an off day. Then there'll be a practice on Wednesday, and then we get to discuss timetable for return for these and guys. To go on the road trip Thursday? Or? Yeah. So then once those guys are back, uh, you'll see, like, did any of these guys, since the injuries, earn some power play time? I'd love to see Dickinson get some time. And, look, and I really like Vlasic. We talk about him all the time. He just keeps things simple. I would like to see Vlasic get more power play time. He did a lot of power play time in Rockford last year. That was one of the yeah. big uh, – object uh goals for him last year were to get on the power play get more aggressive offensively i just like him back there because with that reach he's gonna keep a lot more pucks in the zone and he's got such good vision and he's a very good passer that's underrated about his his game i I think he you know this could be his chance to take that second unit and keep it and he also has an ability to uh 
read when to pinch and when not to. He's got a real good uh, instinct on that. Yeah. You never see him. He's he's willing to do it. You'll see him, you know, below the goal line several times a game, but you never see him. Uh, not never, but very few times have I said to myself, "That was a bad read. That was a bad play. He should have stayed home." He's got good instincts in that way. And I know Korchinski, everybody wants Korchinski on the power play. Um, he struggles keeping the puck in at times. And he doesn't shoot. Yeah, he doesn't shoot. So hey, I, know he's, I know he's a power play quarterback of the future, but it's not the future. It's the present. I also think you can put him in a power play quarterback role, but he doesn't have to be the guy that carries the puck out of the zone. You can get it's it's the same thing as Connor Bedard is a center, but he doesn't take every face off. Once the face off is taken, he can shift to the center role. Right. You could do the same thing with Korchinski. Once you have the puck in the offensive zone, fine. Let Korchinski be the distributor there. What I don't like about him on the power play is he's really bad at the slingshot. He is so literal. He doesn't. With it. Re- he doesn't read the play. <laughs> yeah. he's gonna make that play regardless if if he should or if not. he has like he literally the play. Connor Bedard got hurt. He skated yeah. all the way to the blue line, had entry, stopped, turned around, and passed it back to Bedard, and then here yeah. we are. Not his fault. I'm not his it, fault. It, not blaming him, but I'm just saying sometimes. A statement of fact. Sometimes the, the seam is there. Take it. Yeah. And the second part on Reichel, um, I think the question was from Gary, which is a time for him to step up or move on. Moving on would be a massive mistake. You don't quit on a 21-year-old first-round draft pick who hasn't even played a full NHL season yet. Right. That's that's way too early to pull the plug on him. Yes, of course, you want to see more from him. And I do think that over the last week or two, we've seen a more aggressive, uh, you know, a more attacking, a more willing to shoot Lucas Reichel. Last night, there was an egregious passed-up scoring chance. Absolutely egregious. But I think if we're looking at the trajectory line of good play, it's been mostly up since he's get been moved down to the bottom six. That's the thing about Reichel all season. For the most part, he hasn't done anything detrimental to the team. Like, he's Ooh. playing well in most areas, but we're just not seeing the one thing we need from him, and that's offensive production. Everything else has been fine yeah. to good, but we need that, especially now, we need that aggressive dynamic Lucas Reichel which is crazy because the one thing I thought that we would not get from Reichel would be the 200 foot game like oh he's really struggling defensively and he's a detriment you know giving up the puck all the time but really it's just he's just not producing offensively so yeah that's it's a concern but again he has not played a full NHL season yet he's 21 years old he is adapting between center and wing he's bounced up and down the lineup like let's just I say this all the time, but it's always a good reminder that Hawks fans are spoiled because so many of their top prospects were good right away. Kane, Taves, Saad, Panarin, you know, on and on and on you go where these guys came into the league and were good immediately. That's not normal. It takes guys time to develop. So when you're compa- when you're looking at Lucas Reichel, look at somebody like Tavo Teravainen, who did take a year or two or three to really hit their full NHL stride. So giving up on Reichel would be a big mistake. Okay, let's get to the next question here. Uh, This one's from Michael. He says, with the recent Gavin Hayes trade, how do the junior league trades work? I know they aren't like minor league trades in baseball, so I was curious how these work. Mario said last night they don't affect the Hawks at all, but I was still curious. Thanks, boys. Yeah, junior teams can trade, but it doesn't affect who owns the player. He's still Hawks property. It doesn't affect his draft status or anything. It's just a trade within the OHL in this case. Um, we saw it last year. Colton Dock was traded to Seattle. Yep. Um, and Nolan Allen, too. Yeah, Nolan yeah, Allen, too. Both of those guys were traded. I'm sure the Hawks probably had a little something to do with that. And they were very happy about it, I'm sure. Usually when one of your guys, one of your top guys in the junior league, in, in the CHL, gets traded to another team for like picks that are going to be used on kids that are not even conceived yet, um, <laughs> that usually means your guy is going from a bad team to a team that's going to be a Memorial Cup contender, and that's what you want. Yeah. Because that means your prospect now goes from, at best-case scenario, playing three or four playoff games to a team where he's going to play three or four playoff series. 
That's right. a good thing. And uh, he went from where was he before? Flint. Flint. And he is uh, the Flint Firebirds are 15, 20, and two. Yeah, not he good. was traded to the Sioux Greyhounds, who are 25, 11, and two. So there you go. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a big so difference for Gavin. He's A's. now going to go play for one of the top teams, Wayne Gretzky's alma mater, and uh, he'll be better for it. And he'll be better than Gretzky. He already is. Yeah, of course. At least right now. Right. Or if they skated one on one, he'd win. Probably. Yeah. All right, who we got next? Ah, it's Charlie the Bacon Guy, ever Speak present. Of the devil. He said, Tankathon took about 40 spins for the Hawks to get the number one pick this morning. Who are your projected top five in this year's class after Celebrini? Well, don't listen to me because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, I can tell you, Elite Prospects, they have their consolidated rankings. And if you're really into um, scouting what's coming up in the draft and, and learning about NHL prospects, Elite Prospects is a great place to do it, and they are a subscri- there is a free version, but if you got a few bucks a month, kick it towards Elite Prospects. Oh, the premium, they do great it's, it's work, amazing. The great. premium, yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, it's worth it just for their draft guide that comes out like in May that just has everything about every possible pick. So here's the top. I'll give you the top six because you asked for the five after uh, Celebrini. Celebrini's number one. With uh, BU, he's got 25 points in 15 games. Next is Cole Iserman, who's playing with the U.S. under-18 team. 50 points in 28 games. Ivan Demidov is with St. Petersburg uh, in the MHL. 24 points in 16 games. Sam Dickinson, defenseman, first defenseman on the list. uh, 36 points in 38 games for the London Knights. By the way, always give me a London Knight. Like, if you're deciding between two players and one's a London Knight... Take the London Knight. They've got I mean, a they got a good track record. A history of developing NHL it's players. Not, if they have a large sample size of NHLers. Yes, they do. Uh, number five on the consolidated thirty-two elite prospects is, is defenseman Artem Levshunov from Michigan State. Nineteen points in twenty He's games. The big, yeah, Dickinson and Levshunov are both big. Yeah, defenseman. Uh, one guy that's not in their consolidated list that I'm much higher on is Caden Lindstrom. Yeah. Uh, that's the guy right now, if the Hawks get number two or three, if they get number two, Lindstrom's the guy I take because he's got uh, exactly what you want going forward. He's 6'4", 216 pounds at 17 years old. And for the record, they have him ranked at 15, but these consolidated lists are made up of lists that have been published that have not been updated since October. He's currently injured right now is, is uh, Lindstrom, uh, but in 32 WHL games for the medicine hat tigers, 27 goals, 46 points as a 17 year old and 66 Uh, penalty minutes, by the way, he's a big, he's, he's like your power forward type. He would look really good uh, out there. He could be uh, what Al Secourt was to Dennis Savard, to Connor Bedard. Yeah, if, you, if you're looking for, because they got size on the back end, the Hawks do, not a lot of size up front, and this would be an answer to that, that for sure. Be, I really, yeah. I would love that pick, too. I would, I would be a big fan of that pick. So if we have two, that's who I take. If we have three and he's there, that's who I take. For the record, uh, Cole Iserman is six foot. Uh, 196, so not exactly small. I like Cole Iserman, but I just worry about him as being a one-trick pony. Now, his one trick that he does yeah. is score goals. Yep. So if you're only going to have one trick in the NHL, that's the one I want. That's an important one. Like, if you can score me 40 to 50 goals a year, but you don't do a whole lot else very good, I can live with that. Yeah. Uh, but it, right now, Eiserman over Lindstrom, no. God, I feel like I'm talking about the early 2000s. Yeah, really. Red Wings. <laughs> Uh, I would have I would take Lindstrom over Eisenman right now, but it's January eighth. It is still a long way to go. It's over six months to go to the draft. And by the way, just to give you the stats, uh, Macklin Celebrini six foot one ninety, so you know pretty average NHL size. But yeah, that's for me. I'm the same way as you. If the Hawks are picking two today, to me Lindstrom is a pick because you need that. Like that's your Leo Carlson. Adam Fantilli type. All the people power that get in on here every show and say the Hawks need more size. There it is. Yep. All right. What do we got next, Jinx? We'll do one more before the break. Uh, this one's from USM 0506. 
If there's a hardship draft for the Blackhawks, and yes, I know it won't happen, who would you select if the top six players on each team were protected? It's kind of a fun question. I don't know yeah. if I can give you a specific name, but it would definitely be somebody who's like 23, 24, yeah. somebody that is going to be part of the next decade. So we're looking at, Help me with the concept. So, so every, every team would get to predict, predict, protect six players. Best six players. And I get to take one player. one player from the rest of the league. Who would it be? Interesting. So who would not be protected? I mean, obviously, like, your all-star teams are protected. I mean, each team gets to protect right. six guys. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you go for that 23, 24-year-old that's had one, like, really, like, good year and has, like, 10 good years left. I don't go and take a 35-year-old for one no, season. No, yeah, right, right. I bring, um, I bring someone in that uh, adds to the rebuild and is going to be here while the, when the team is good. You know what? I'm just out of instinct. I'm just going to look at the Avalanche because I feel like they've got a lot of really good players and see who that they would protect. McKinnon, probably. Makar, yes. Rantanen, yes. They'd probably protect Taves. Uh, Nikushkin, uh, they've got a lot of guys. I mean... That's a, that's a fun question. I gotta let's do some research. Let's revisit that one, because uh, you gotta imagine yeah, like who would they protect? Who would it be? A good, a good someone in the chat said take a goalie, which is not a horrible idea. Find yeah. yourself a youngish goalie that's got that's proven. Maybe a team that's like too deep in goal because you'd figure the the Bruins wouldn't protect uh, Olmark and uh, Swayman. No, I don't. I I don't think Olmark is part of their plans after this year. Yeah, to be take one of those you. guys. Uh, sure. I mean, there's yeah, there's there's lots of options. It, it, it's pretty hard to pick off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, we can definitely look into that and come up with a better answer for you. Either do it on the show or we'll throw it in the uh, the old diehard Discord. Sure, love that idea. All right, let's take our first break. Greg's going to tell you about our friends at Circa. Yes, we love our friends at Circa. Because of their tight money line splits and their low hold model, games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu. Unlike other sports books, which may use minus 115 or 120 splits, <clears throat> Circa keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures, golf tournaments, etc. Especially compared to the other books, Circa does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits like Unlike other sports book who do w limit winning players, I don't have that problem anywhere I bet. <laughs> we encourage bettors to download and explore all sporting bets, betting apps available, compare the lines from each sports book, and you're going to go back to Circa. The thing that puts Circa sports book app over the top is their customer service. There are real people behind the Circa sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike the other books who use the dreaded chat bots, the worst thing ever. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook and uh, Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So you're going to get answers from real people anytime there's a problem and quickly. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Once again, that's circasports.com slash Illinois app. Also be on the lookout for Circuit parties, watch parties, events, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or text GAMB to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. And if you want to get your uh, mental and physical uh, state of being in better order here in the new year, there's no better place to do it than Midtown Athletic Club. They've got four Chicagoland locations, Palatine, Bannockburn, Willowbrook, and the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. The Midtown Palatine location has launched a multi-million dollar transformation, which will be complete early this year, and Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. Whether you're single, you're part of a big family, you're looking to make lifestyle changes or get into holistic wellness, Midtown is the place to do it. It is absolutely gorgeous. Super luxe locker rooms, wet and dry saunas, premium amenities. It's not just a gym you throw your bag over your shoulder, go work out for an hour and leave. It's a lifestyle. It's like a country club kind of an atmosphere. Absolutely gorgeous in there. Uh, you should definitely check it out. They've got high interval 
uh, high-intensity interval training, yoga, boxing, spin classes, cycling classes, cross-training, group exercises, the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Uh, Midtown has indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball, and pedal tennis. USTA quality all the way. Head over to midtown.com slash chgo to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Let's go back to the mailbag questions here. Who do we got next, Steven? Lots of scroll through. My bad. You're good. Windy City Hockey, with the rumors of the Blackhawks back in the 2025 Winter Classic, what jersey would you like to make a comeback? I'm thinking it's the real Barber Bowl. I'd love that. I would love it. I would love that. I don't know. It's uh, It'd be tough to guess. They've already done, like, Kind of a version of that with the Notre Dame jerseys where it was just black and white. Black and white. Can't believe I never bought one of those. Um, Idiots. I'm sure you can get them cheap somewhere. Yeah, that uh, there's a place in uh, Bolingbrook, Pro Jersey, I think it's called. They had a, a Kirby Dock one for 100 bucks. Take that down like another 30 or 40? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. 77 is a good number. It's my birth year, so. Um, yeah, I don't know what they'll do. The last one they did was all black. They've never done a red one. I would be down for a red one. They've never done a red Winter Classic jersey. I am a big fan of the... So maybe do like reverse barber pole where it's more red with black stripes. That'd but be they cool. they kind of did that with reverse the reverse retros. I just, just make think it more just, stripes. just throw it back. Go back to like the Makita days. I like the old haggard warrior head where it looks like an old man. He looks really tired. Uh, it's a little more... I wouldn't say more detail. It's a little more realistic. Yeah, um, the smaller... Yeah, head, and the, the tomahawks are a little lower on the sleeves. Yeah, they're on the sleeves. Just bring yeah. those back in red. You don't have to overthink it. The Hawks have beautiful jerseys. Yeah. Like, you really don't need to overthink it. But Kind of do what they did for the St. Louis one, but instead of white, red. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the red jerseys pop on the ice. They look great. Um, but any form of the barber pole, I'm down with, though. I love that uh, 90s, the one... I always think about Jeremy Roenick in that uniform. Yeah, was that the 92-93 It was season? the 100th anniversary year. 75th. Or 75th yeah, anniversary I think it was 92-93 yeah. was the year they, they wore those, yeah. Yeah. All the, uh, the original six all had uh, old school jerseys. They wore that, yeah. Yeah. I, and by the way, with the Hawks Centennial coming up, uh, I really hope they take a page from the Bruins where the Bruins have like several different designs they're wearing this year. Yeah. And they all look cool. Yeah. Except that they're Bruins jerseys. Well, yeah. Screw the Bruins, of yeah, course. It's not a Bruins podcast. Move along. <laughs> All right. Who do we got next here, Steven? Oh, it's Region Rev. Region Rev for mailback for all three Yins. Yins. That's, that's, a, that's a like you guys. Thing, right? okay. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Coming up on two years for CHGO, what's your best day ever about your job? Uh, tying in the yesterday's best day ever game. Uh, I would like to think our best day hasn't happened yet. Yeah. It's still to come. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking our best day is going to be a uh, either a live show from the Stanley Cup parade or the post game from after the Hawks win a Stanley Cup. That would be wonderful. Yes. My favorite day so far? It's no doubt. It's Marion Hosa in studio. That was pretty great. That was probably my favorite day of my career. I think so I far. Like, had an out of body experience that day. Like, I don't. I feel like I was watching myself do that show. Which is kind of weird. Like, I, I don't know. I get this weird. I, I probably talked about this on the show before. Like, when I get nervous, I get this extreme level of calm about me. It's how I've handled my trauma over the years. <laughs> Almost at a point where I get, like, comatose. And I felt a little bit that way with, with hosts of, like, was I really there? Did that really happen? I, th- I think top my, my first in- instinct was the draft lottery show. That was a lot of fun. But I really think... There was so much angst and anxiety that led up to that yeah. moment. That's why that moment was so real. That was great. But I think there's two that I'm going to choose between. I think day one of the draft this year was just crazy. It was yeah. just chaotic was a, and such wild. such a satisfying day. And it was a great day. Everything went really smoothly, really well. And then I also think um, our first draft show together where they drafted Nazar and Korchinski mm-hmm. and they had traded the Brinkett and we went through this roller coaster of emotions of like they didn't get enough for the Brinkett and then they take Korchinski it's like what are they taking a defenseman for Nazar was right there and then they take Nazar so it all it became this night of like anger to joy in the matter of like 2 or 3 hours uh that was a fun night and that was like kind of the first live draft show I've ever done 
and we're kind of in real time. Like we had produced all these graphics and it was just a huge production. Um, and like this, our second draft was, we all knew it was going to be Bedard. Right. So it was just, it was a matter of celebrating Bedard. The first one with some real intrigue and real, like, who's it going to be? And leading up to that day with the Debrinket rumors and Elliot Friedman saying, like, it's going to be a franchise record, the Hall in return. And then it really wasn't. Um, so I think the, the whole roller coaster that day was a lot of fun. So I think that was the most fun I've had on a show. But in terms of day, I'm going to say covering the draft this year in Nashville was unreal. It was awesome. Uh, what does Philip have a comment there? I remember being so mad about Bedard after the World Junior Championship overtime goal, but then I realized he's a Blackhawk. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good yeah, way to put it. I mean, yep. he kind of <clears throat> he ended your your country's great run there, but uh, we forgave him. Yeah, I'm over it. Uh, this one from Taryn. This one from our Twitter at chgo underscore Blackhawks. I like this question a lot. Taryn says hypothetically. The entire Blackhawks organization, uh, that means prospects and roster players, do a skill competition. Who wins the events? Fastest skater, hardest shot, breakaway challenge, etc. Uh, I think fastest skater is Oliver Moore. Yeah. If, with with prospects included. Yeah. Just watching him at the World Juniors was like, wow, that guy goes from not moving to fast very quickly. It's the biggest reason the Blackhawks wanted him so bad was his speed. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we we're going to go by the events they actually are doing this year, fastest skaters, one of them, uh, hardest shot. Uh, man, I mean, maybe it's Seth Jones. I would think it's probably still Seth Jones. Maybe Alex Vlasic. I mean, we haven't really seen a slap shot from Vlasic very often, but I imagine with that torque that he can provide and the downforce because it's coming yeah. from nine feet high, um, I would say Jones or Vlasic probably have the hardest shots. We haven't really seen Bedard roll out a slap shot either but based on every other shot he has it's got to be up there i'd imagine yeah then we have the uh, stick handling competition that's got to be bedard right i mean yeah uh one Simmer t- of a one yeah one timers <laughs> <Bedard>. um probably <laughs> bedard or uh who buried that one timer the other day um from the left circle god everything just was that blackwell no, it was it was on a. I think maybe it was maybe it was Bedard. I don't remember. I can't remember crap these days. Everything blind. It was recently they got a one timer from the left circle, the Debrinket spot. Somebody buried it. Um, but yeah, probably, probably Bedard uh, winning the the one timer uh, passing challenge. Who wins the passing challenge? I mean, Bedard's definitely there. Uh, Korczynski's got a Korczynski can dish. Yeah, that's for sure. We we unfortunately know he's really good at passing. He's the got puck. a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lucas Reichel's <laughs> up there too. Uh, then we have the accuracy shooting contest. Uh, they all get tied for last. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's going to be Bedard. Probably again. Bedard too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was. It might have been Kershev that buried that one timer. Maybe that's the play I'm thinking of. But uh, oh yeah, I think you're uh, right. And then they have a, a shootout. Competition. Um, I mean, you got to give that to Bedard too, right? I haven't. I mean, we haven't seen, seen a lot of shootouts anybody. this year, so yeah. <clears throat> I mean, based on what we see in practice, I would have to say Bedard. And then the last one they're doing is a is an obstacle course, but I mean, we don't know what that's going to be, so we don't really. If well, let's base it off the uh, first intermission Hawks obstacle course, which is you had to jump over the stick that's on the uh, risers. You got to go through the cones around, then you got to do the Superman dive. Right. I'm going to give that one to probably Oliver Moore because of the speed and skating yeah. ability. Him or Korczynski. Yeah. Korczynski can get those big strides, those, those cones pretty quickly. Yeah. It was. Cool. I'm hoping the one at the All Star Game is more like uh, MXC Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, uh, where they just I don't I doubt that would happen because you don't want anybody getting hurt. But I just want to see like guys getting hit with like projectiles and yeah, like American, like American Gladiators. Gladiators. yeah American Gladiator style. Get nitro and turbo yeah, out there get just that blasting ten- balls get at that, your face. Get that what? tennis ball gun out there. <laughs> How fun would that be, dude? Be How has some company not opened up like come play American Gladiators in your own time? Like you just rent the room. I'm guessing uh people have tried and then they went to get the insurance for that and we're like, yeah, we can't afford that. Just sign a waiver, <laughs> baby. That's all. That's all you gotta do. Uh, Philip asked a question we've seen a lot of, actually, is Jason Dickinson going to the All-Star game? We're still 
I don't know. A I month mean, away from the All-Star game? Roughly, yeah. I think there's a chance Bedard is there. Maybe not as a player in the game, but I, he might I participate don't see in the, the I don't see the harm in him going. Um, I don't see the harm in him going. And maybe taking part in the comp, skills competition, I don't see why not. Uh, but not the game. You don't want to be right about a month. We haven't gotten an official timeline, but most of these type injuries are four to six weeks. So he would just be on that, like, starting to skate again. You don't want him to, you know, I know it's the all-star game. There's no hitting per se, but you don't need a, a shot to get deflected and hit him in the face again. And yeah, you you're not going to risk that. Yeah. But I have, I, I have no problem with him going and taking part in the skills competition. That could be fun. No, he should just be there. They're going to want him there. Yeah, I would think maybe Dickinson gets the all-star now, but I think it might also depend on what position the uh, they, they they have left. Like, Bedard was a forward, so you'd probably place him with a forward, and if that's what you're going to do, Dickinson or Kurashev are probably your best bets. I would like to. I think sending Kurashev would be cool. Um, but He's had a really good year. He has. Maybe, uh, maybe you get... Uh, you know, Seth Jones can have the honor again, so he can roll his eyes and be like, yeah, I got to go to the All-Star game, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Philip Kurashev has 23 points in 33 games. He's he's had a good year. He has benefited from the, the Connor Bedard effect. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, I, that he gets my if, – if I would say if if he's not going, Bedard's not going, I would say Kurashev or Mrazek. Nothing against Dickinson. I just think that – I don't know. That'd be my. I think Dickinson would be third on my list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, matter. I wouldn't have no issue with any of those guys. To right. be honest. I actually have a question now. Okay. When Bedard comes back, is he or can he wear any type of protective? Yeah, gear? he's, he's, allowed, he's the allowed to fish, wear the fishbowl. Okay. He's allowed to wear, and he will. There's no doubt. He will. Because even with Jared Tenorti last year, when he came back, he kind of had that little like half face mask thing on there. Yeah. You are. You're not allowed to wear those. Just. For just to wear them, but you That's are allowed to wear them when there's an injury. Because I, I see like kids wearing masks like that all the time. Well, it's required in yeah. youth hockey, and I never see it in the NHL, so I wasn't sure. Check the most uh, players don't like it. Check the Slack. I just sent you a picture of what Keith Magnuson wore when he had a broken job. <laughs> I uh, just a necktie. Um, <laughs> the youth leagues, you have to wear a cage. That's for protection, even in uh, college hockey and. Most of the junior leagues, too. Uh, you wear either the cage or what they call the fishbowls. <laughs> God, that looks <laughs> terrible. Um, so, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's brutal. Now, I don't... From, and from what we understand, we didn't see Connor yesterday. Um, but John Dietz from the Daily Herald tweeted that I guess he looked okay coming off the plane. So we're not dealing with, like, a jaw wired shut Well, Luke had said on Saturday or, that, like, nowadays... Like he, Luke Richardson talked about when he broke his jaw, and he said it was a slap shot that pretty much broke it in half. Yeah, uh, and he was skating in five and a half weeks. He didn't think Connors was as bad, and he said that like at the point like now they don't necessarily wire your jaw shut anymore. They kind of get rubber bands in there to where you could still open it a little bit enough to maybe eat and chew, a, but it's not wired completely shut. Um, so uh, Jared Snorty missed eight weeks last year. But he had, like, a shattered jaw. He had to have major surgery, too. Yeah. So. It was Remember when, diff- uh, was it Darian Hatcher to hit Roenick? Yeah. And Roenick was, like, pulling on his teeth, and you could see the, yeah, you could see, bad. like, his jaw that was bad. I don't think Bedard's, the fact that Luke Richardson at the end of the game didn't know what Bedard had probably means it's not as severe of a break as some of the stuff not. we've seen. I mean, hopefully tomorrow we'll get a, we'll get a little better. Uh, clarity on that because I mean that's going to be the first question that's asked every day until you know he's back we'll see and Michael says my aunt dated Keith Magnuson's roommate in college all right sweet love it all right this one is from I can't Darby. say I'm too old were Felino's hands as huge in real life as they looked in the <laughs> photos were you guys too self-conscious in comparison to your hands in the group photo who would win in a fight with Jake McCabe or Nick Felino's broken finger Oh, Jake! Uh, Nick Foligno does have giant hands. Uh, sh- having shake, having shooken it, it's a big hand. I don't have very big hands. I have small hands. As far as like the pictures are, like like a Bass Pro Shop guy. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Tiny hands. I never know where to put my hands when I'm taking pictures. 
Do that, Ricky Bobby. Like I, I I'm always like, uh, uh, that's my hands always look so awkward in pictures because I'm like rigid, like right here, yeah. or like I never know where to put my hands. So uh, I will say, in general, Nick Foligno is a bigger dude than you think. He's uh, he is jacked. He's thick. He yeah, is, he's got yeah. He's put together well. I like the idea of the of the Foligno McCabe fight. The world would end. McCabe is built. If you ever seen those old photos, uh, and if you want to Google this, Stephen, for uh, in show production, Bobby Hull or Gordy Howe, back in the day, like there's Gordy Howe bailing fishing, hay. or Bobby Hull is like bailing hay. Yeah, um, it's a different kind of strong. It's like uh, they're just strong. they're just jacked. It's like an old. There you go. There's the Bobby Hull one. Yeah, that's um, that's how Jake McCabe is built. Like, it is a different kind of muscularity that you don't typically see. Um, yeah, Jake McCabe is, uh, is an intense. Yeah, there's a Gordy. The second one's a Gordy Howe one. Yeah. Can you make that one bigger? Yeah. yeah. That's what Jake McCabe looks like. Maybe not quite that big, but, yeah. Like, <laughs> the first time I saw Jake McCabe without a shirt, I was like, Oh my God! Jake McCabe <laughs> is an intimidating dude with a shirt on, and when you see him with it off, you're like, "Good God, man! I'm, yeah, I'm I'm scared of you." It's just a different hockey. Like hockey guys are not like big, bulky. You don't see a lot of like. There's not a lot of Brock Lesnar's in the NHL. They're like guys who get in really good shape by doing hardcore yoga. Yeah, there's a different. There's not muscle mass. It's muscle definition. Who's the old uh, in Shorzy? The gyms, uh, it's the old, uh, oh, John Morasti, the old, like, minor yeah, league yeah. enforcer. Yeah. John Morasti was like a, he was like a bodybuilder, but his only job was to beat the shit out of people. Yeah. You know, so he was built like that, but uh, he was built like a like a football player. But your typical NHL player is, you see him walking down the street and not think much of him, and then, you know, they're huge. They're jacked. All right, what, what else we got? In a fight, though, I will. T- I'm, I'm going to say Felino just because I'll probably see him more recently than I'll see uh, Jake McCabe. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, Boresco says, "How will Kyle Davidson handle the offseason? That's a really good question. Um, um, first order of business is finding out who you want to keep and who you want to move on from. And there's a lot of those questions to answer. Yeah, it certainly doesn't sound like he's going to go out and uh, invest in any real long term deals." Uh, you know, everybody's pipe dream of William Nylander is done. It's over. Yeah, he signed he's, today. He's, he signed in, in Toronto. Uh, I don't think he's going to go out there and get the, give somebody a six, seven-year deal. Doesn't mean he's not going to go out there and get talented players, but he's going to look for guys that want to come here on, on two-year contracts, three-year contracts, because uh, he's got – he's – unlike he who shall not be named, Kyle Davidson has foresight, and he knows – Connor Bedard's next contract is now only two seasons away, and that's going to be a huge contract. Yeah. Alex Vlasic, we talked last night. Would you give him a, 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 a long-term extension now to save money in three years? There's a lot of guys like that. Korchinski's new deal is going to come up the same time Bedard. Like, there are all these young prospects that we're excited for. This is another reason why you, may, you can't bring them all up at the same time. You have right. to stagger them. Well, we've, we've seen it from him. You know that he has the foresight because – we see him like very happy to burn that first year of a deal because it yeah, gets did, guys to free agency it, more he, quickly. He did it with Reichel, and now that's looking that's like, going to pay off huge. It's looking like brilliant foresight there because Reichel needs a new deal after this year, right? And I he went from maybe being the guy that do you give a five six year deal to try and get him on a bargain three years from now? Now he's like he's going to get the Philip Kershev deal. Yeah, you know, one two years at one point two million. Prove it, right? And that's great. I I would like him to see. I like him at least to pursue, and not just for the sake of it. But if there is a high end, high like William Nylander is a great example. Again, he's not going to be available, but that's a guy. Had he been available this summer, I would have made a play for. Because guys yeah. like that don't come available very often. And he's not. And he was a <laughs> yeah. He's not available. And he was a perfect fit. Would be a perfect fit with Bedard and here. Um, but it's not possible. So I'm saying don't just go out to do it. But if something right. like that in Kyle Davidson's mind fits the mold, 
I don't want him to say I'm definitely not doing a long-term deal either because while we all are in love with all these prospects, none of them are guaranteed. None of them are guaranteed. You don't know, even like the safest bet right now that's not in the NHL is probably Frank Nazar. We don't know what he is as a pro. We don't know what he's going to be as an NHL player. Like, we don't even know what Korchinski's going to really be yet. The only guys we really have kind of clarity on prospect-wise is Bedard and Vlasic. That's really it. Yeah. So lock those two up. I feel very safe about those two moves, but, I mean, I don't want to see him sign a guy long-term, huge money, just because. I also don't want to see him not do that just because. If it makes sense, do it. Just because you can spend a ton of money this offseason doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Uh, and I don't think he will. He'll he'll go out there for, uh, I'm sure he's got his targets, and he knows exactly what he's willing to do. We'll see how it shakes out. All right. This is from Colin. Now that Nylander's deal is official, what is the likelihood the Hawks make a play for Marner this offseason, or do you think Davidson waits it out until he possibly hits free agency next year? Well, look, I think if the uh, the Maple Leafs are, are trying to win a cup, that's the mindset here. That's why they're re-signing Nylander, and they're going to do it. They're going to take as many shots as they can while they can. Um, I think that what Toronto is going to do is probably move on from John Tavares if they have to. Yeah, I don't see too many people falling over themselves to take on that contract, though. I know it's just one year. But if you take on it, like, all right, let's, let's, let's play pretend here, right? Marner is – Marner and Tavares – become unrestricted free agents at the end of 2024-25. If the Leafs came to you this summer and said, hey, we're in a cap crunch, would you take John Tavares at half his salary for one season? Absolutely I would do that. Absolutely. I know Tavares is like kind of dogged because he, he's been good but not great in Toronto and they haven't won anything with him there and all those sort of things, but like, that's the kind of guy you bring in to a young team, and he's going to have a positive impact. Like it's not like he's been mm-hmm. horrible. Here's the other issue: he's got full no movement clause. He might tell him, "Screw you! I'm the hometown boy. I'm the captain. He might. I slept in my Toronto Maple Leaf bed sheets. You guys made such a big deal about. Now you want to trade me? Bite me." It's very rare, though, that once a player has said, "Hey, we'd like to move you," that they say, "No, I don't want to move." Like happens. Tory Krug did it. Yeah, to stay with the blues. It's pretty. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> it's it's pretty. It's just it's rare though. Like it's most rare. of the time, if a guy is approached to move it and look like, let's be honest. But the, if the Leafs are a legit Stanley Cup contender next year, which everybody's going to say they are, even though we know better, <laughs> why would you? Why would you leave your hometown, the team you're the captain of, to go play for? And let's face it. What are the teams are going to be able to take on that salary? Probably the bottom feeders. Why would you True. say yes to that? Why would you do that? I wouldn't. No, you signed me to this. I have the right for this no movement clause, just like Patrick Kane. Unless you're going to give me like well, someone. Can... Yeah, I, I just don't. Well, may, then if he waves it, maybe he waves it to go to a team that's still going to be competitive. Trade him back to the Islanders. Oh, <laughs> I'd rather go to a bottom feeder. But I, I don't know. I, I just think. Maybe it's not Tavares specifically, but guys like that are going to be out there. That For the Hawks, that opportunity will be there. And look, like maybe Tavares looks at it and says, look, I'm not wanted here. Everyone shits on me for my time in Toronto. I'm going to go show people why I was so in demand when I was a free agent and why I was so sought after coming out of the draft. I'm 33 years old. i got a lot of hockey left. I'm going to go play with Connor Bedard and put up 120 points. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't think uh, too many teams are going to be like, Oh, sure, I'll help you out, Toronto Maple Leafs, with your salary cap problem. Yeah, but I don't you think that Tavares, though, is not... No. He, he's not Taylor Hall. He's But he's not He's not good enough for me to, like, help the Toronto Maple Leafs get better. He's got 34 points in 37 games this year. He had 80 points in 80 games last year, 76 and 79. Yeah, he's a before. very good player. He's but a good player. I, if they're coming to me saying, hey, we want to shed... We'll, we'll, we'll eat half of... Tavares' contract, I'm going, no, why want Marner? And hang up until you call back. Well, I would prefer that, too. And I think most GMs will, too. Yeah. But I think the question, though, is how much is Marner going to demand? I think they keep them all back together next year and try it one more time. But it also depends on what they do this year. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. 
Uh, but that that's the sort of stuff that I hope Kyle Davidson has his eyes on, uh, you know, next year and even maybe this summer. If Toronto's looking to clear some salary. And look, maybe it's not even those guys, but they've got good players on, on decent deals that you can you can get something out of. Maybe it's Morgan Riley. I don't know. There's a lot of names on there. Bring Jake McCabe back. Sure. One last run. All right, what else we got? This is from Alberto. Alberto says with the lead. Oh, no, we just did that one, didn't we? No worries. Or it's very similar. Uh, Vlasic for Norris says, what are your thoughts on giving someone the C? How long will it be? Or how long will we wait to put one on someone? Bedard Bedard? next season. That's that's the play. They didn't want to do it because they wanted to give it some you know breathing room after Taves, and you want to give you, that's not one more thing you wanted to put on Connor Bedard's already full plate. So it's he'll be the captain next at opening night next season. What if you bring Felino back for a year? Would you do it? Would you give it to him for one year, knowing you're going to pass no, it to Bedard after I, that? No, because I don't, I think Felino knows like this is your team. Yeah, kid, I'm only here for a year. Like this is your team for the next twelve. What's that really do? Like, you know. Nothing. Just curious. No, it's going to be in Bedard. So now everybody can go out and buy another Bedard jersey next year because they have to have the one that has the seat. There you go. Marketing. You should be cool and get the one this year, though, with the Rocky patch. That way you're, you know you're ground floor. Yeah, you got, got the it, first yeah. year jersey. I have a Taves jersey with no C on it. See, that'd be cool. That's an early investor right there. Yes, I have a North Dakota number nine Taves Damn jersey. It. With the old school Sioux logo before they got rid of that. Yeah. Uh, Philip is asking you, do you don't think Felino's getting resigned? He is. Yeah, he's getting resigned. He's getting resigned. Yeah. But he's he's not, I don't, he's not going to be the captain. But he'll right. be here next year if he wants to be. Next time he's here, we could, we could literally hand him the C. We have a C. We do have a C. Uh, over there. He's He'll be our captain. Yeah. He can, <laughs> we'll sew it onto his t-shirt. Well, uh, he can safety pin it to his shirt every time he's here. He would absolutely hate that. He's going to break his other hand. We'll let Mario try it. Yeah, we'll have Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one's from Brad. Any thoughts on moving Bedard to wing, considering he really doesn't play a 200-foot game and getting a true center for his line? Uh, I think Bedard's a true center. You can't, uh, you know, I I think his 200-foot game is vastly underrated. It is, because most of the time that he's playing defense, he's hemmed in his own zone, but that's not not all his fault. No, he's playing with... Mostly playing with guys that nobody can go get it. I think his defense is going to vastly improve from year one to year two, from year two to year three. Uh, this is a kid that's just not, is never satisfied with what he's doing. Right. And if people are going to say, well, you're only an offensive player, he's going to be like, watch this. I'm going to go win the Selkie next year. <laughs> like He has the, uh, the work ethic and the talent and the drive to do that. Uh, I think he's fine at center. For an 18-year-old kid, there's no there's no reason to take him out of there right now. Again, we need to stop making career calls, yeah. and I mean the royal we, yeah. after 34, 35 NHL games. And like it's it's the same with like at 18 years. It's old. the same with like people making declarations that Frank Nazar is in an NHL center. How the f can you say that when yeah, he hasn't no played idea. in the NHL yet? Either or, way, we have no idea. Or Oliver Moore, he's not a, a, a an NHL center. How do you know that? You right. don't. You don't. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, I, I have no issues right now. There's nothing that Bedard's done where I'm like, hey, this kid can, it can't take it at center. Uh, he'll, he's going to get better in all facets of his game. I agree. I right, let's do one more before our next break. This one's from Itsy Blink with Bedard injured, who is now the front runner to win the Calder Memorial Trophy, or is it still Bedard? Still might be Bedard. I think it still might be Bedard, yeah. I, I, there was an email that came through right before the show started, uh, co- coincidentally saying that Connor Bedard is still the odds-on favorite to win the uh, the Calder. If he's gone a month to six weeks, he may still be the rookie leader in points. He won't be that far behind. No, I wouldn't think so. Um Who's his biggest competition? So well, I, I mean, it's going to be the, the two defensemen. Uh, Luke Hughes in New Jersey has been as good as advertised, and he's playing top power play, and he's very dynamic. Uh, and, of course, you know, uh, 
Mike Russo's favorite player and Brock Faber. I know we like to poo-poo that idea. He's and not he, better than... He has, he's been good, though. He's not better than Connor Bedard, no. but he has been very impressive for a rookie, uh, especially at that position. So those are probably the two guys uh, that that uh, will benefit in the Calder race for Bedard missing. Um, but I still think he wins it because... I mean, if he's going, say he's the long end of that, six weeks. So you're talking he's back mid-February. So he's got 25 games still to go. That means he still could finish with 65 points. Yeah, and if you're looking at him still winning the rookie scoring race despite missing a month, like, okay. So right now, Bedard has played 39 games, 33 points. Uh, Marco Rossi, 24 points in 38 games. Defenseman, fine. Fantilli, same, 24 and 41. Luke Hughes, 23 and 38. So, yeah, those guys can close some ground, but, you know. Also, I don't want to, like, poo-poo this or anything, but, like, it doesn't matter. No, if he doesn't win, he's still going to be the best player out of the draft class. Like, Connor McDavid didn't win the Calder. No, because he got hurt. Right. That's the only reason he didn't. Okay. Who won the Calder that year? Do you remember? Panarin won that. Yeah. Would you rather have Panarin or McDavid? David yeah so don't worry about it yeah I mean (laughs) it's a nice thing to have but it doesn't guarantee you know future success uh you know Sergey Samsonov won a Calder for crying out loud Blackhawks legend he was he was was a good NHLer but yeah if he doesn't win the the Calder we're not going to uh we're not going to riot no not for that reason. I mean, anyway. we're not. I don't know about you guys. You know what I riot, Greg, is when I get these damn expensive ticket fees. That's the worst. And I can't find the seats I want. I can't see the view from my seats. I end up at a concert, and I can see all of Paul McCartney except his head. That's Unacceptable. That happened to that's, me once. That's the best part. Yeah, I missed the whole thing. All I saw was his shoulder down. He's the cute one. Like, that could be, be anybody. To, he's the cute one. you got to be able to see his face. And it was from behind. All I could see was his butt all night. Brutal. Had I used game time, I wouldn't have had that mistake. No, you wouldn't have. I would have known exactly what my view would have been of Maka, and it would not have been his butt. I promise you that. They've got the view from your seat before you buy the tickets, so you know exactly where you're going to go. Look, this is easy to do at a Hawks game or a Bulls game where you know every seat is designed to see the game, but if there's a concert at the United Center, which end of the 300 level is the stage going to be on? Where am I going to have a curtain in my way or a speaker in my way? With game time, you don't have to worry about it. They're going to show you your view from the seat. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, not just because of your view, but because of the price. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got great killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, the views from your seat, like I mentioned, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets they are obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And all that money you're saving on tickets, you're going to want to use it for some spurch, your sports merchandise. And you're going to get fitted with the best sports gear or spurch around from our friends over at FOCO. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Rumor has it, it's still baseball season, so Aloha mm. shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, and everything you need for a game is available at FOCO. You can see a lot of our set decorations behind us, uh, a lot of great bobbleheads. They are the bobblehead source, and you need to keep your eyes on their website because it's only a matter of time before they come out with another Conor Bedard pre-order. Uh, <laughs> they've got a bunch of Conor Bedard bobbleheads pre-ordered that are all sold out. The latest one was the Michigan. You can't get it. At least on the pre-order, maybe they'll they'll uh, get some extra ones and then put them up for sale. But uh, lots of great stuff over there on Foco. Check them out. They got all kinds of Blackhawks officially licensed merchandise. So head on over to Foco.com or click the link link in the description below. 
For all non-presale items, you can use the promo code CHGO10, and you're going to get 10% off your order. It's a good deal. Those Foco bobbleheads are sweet. Cannot wait for our Bedard ones to arrive. All right, this one from Dark Lord Bedard at 98. Who are your ideal line mates for Bedard long-term and why? Example, certain line mates open up space, passer within the bounds of real ex- expectations or what our cap space timeline to contention will be. Yes, okay. Uh, Connor McDavid. Stuff there. And Nathan McKinnon. Sure. I agree. <laughs> no, but I like for me, if we're talking, if we're being realistic, it's why I love the Taylor Hall move. It made so much sense. And had he been healthy, which is a big, well, he wasn't. But that kind of a move made a lot of sense. But I would like someone of that ilk who is a high draft pick with NHL success with still some time left uh, that can go in a corner, win pucks for him. Like, that checks a lot of boxes you, you for You need another dangerous player on his line to free yeah. up space. So... Another dynamic forward, i.e. a Frank Nazar type who's a playmaker but can create his own offense. Yep. So you have two guys that can create and make plays at the same time, and then you throw in that veteran guy, that guy that the, 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 the general of the, uh, of the line, so to speak. Yep. You know, the, vet, the veteran guy, but a talented veteran, not just somebody plugging in. I don't know, some, uh, you know, that's maybe where your free agent your big free agent of, of 2025 comes in. Leon Dreisaitl. You get one, yeah, Leon Dreisaitl or, or Miko Rantanen. Can you imagine Leon Dreisaitl with Connor Bedard and Frank Nazar? That'd be pretty that freaking be sexy. That would be fun. Um, so that that's, uh, you know, that's what I see long-term. Next year could be different because next year you may get a guy for a one-year deal just for next year. But long-term, I want him with another dynamic play playmaker and then a veteran guy that that is more of the the goes to the dirty areas. Will go in the corners and win the puck. Will go to the front of the net for the deflections and the rebounds, and then let those two guys do their thing. If I could take one NHL player and put him on Connor Bedard's line, I think it'd be Miko Rantanen. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Like that's that's Rantanen or Drysaddle are exactly what he needs on that line. I guess I could settle for Matthew Kachuk as well. I wouldn't be mad at that. I guess. Twist my arm. Or Brady. Yeah. Uh, Do we have any more? Want to do one more? Yeah, we have two more. Oh, let's just do them. That's fine. Uh, This one from Scott. He says, at a minimum, the hit on Bedard was interference. Nope. He had the puck. Uh, But since the Devils were already shorthanded, it was unlikely the refs would make it five on three. What if the NHL abolished the five on three but added two additional minutes of power play once the first penalty expires? So the first part... The Bedard hit was clean. I know the outcome sucks, and we all hate it. Yeah, It was a clean hit. It was a hockey hit. There was no suspension. There was no fine. There was no penalty. Right. Players are allowed to hit other players in hockey. Bedard right. was skating low. He was in a crouched position with his head down, did not see Smith. If it was Reese Johnson that got hit on that play, no one would say it. calling no it Right. Exactly. Um, as for the penalty idea... I don't hate that. What I would sort of like to see is like, I like five on three though. I like it too because it feels like a more certain goal. Yeah. But I wonder if you if like they could implement like ask the coach. Would you prefer two extra minutes on the power play, or would you prefer a five on three for however many however much time? I is think left? they would all say five on three. I would think so. But how about like end of a game? You know, you're up, you're up a goal with four minutes left. A five-on-three for two, there's still going to be even strength for the last two. I don't know. I, that would be interesting to me. But a five-on-three, you know, your chances of scoring are pretty good. So then you're up two. It doesn't matter. I agree. I, I like things that just, you know, make it a little more interesting. Like, that's why I love that the PWHL is doing a shorthanded goal ends the power play. I love that. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Innovation is a good thing. Yeah. All right, let's do the final one here. Then we'll I'm get realizing we've kind of already answered this one. Okay. Top three picks in the draft. We did a top six, actually. But No, but he yeah. said not who they are, but what do you want well, in your, your ideal. ideal. So not exactly players, but the type of player. Well, that's why Caden That's how I read it. I yeah. mean, you size, want big need some size. physical skill. Need some size, another dynamic forward, and then, you know, top three picks. As far as, like, the top Blackhawk three picks in the draft, that's how I read it. Uh, I definitely want, uh, you know – a uh, talented big forward 
And then, you know, another dynamic forward, and then you get another defenseman, another puck-moving defenseman. You can never have too many of those. Yeah. Or maybe here, a big forward, a defensive-minded forward, and a, def- and a puck-moving defenseman. Your idea was so good I dropped my water. I love it. It's been known to happen. All right, uh, a couple I questions dro- here from... I dropped from, my cap uh, 40 minutes ago, so... <laughs> from the chat, and we'll get to Michael's super chat. Uh, Griffin says, was late on X. How do you guys feel about Barzal? For acquiring proven pieces, if the Islanders' mediocrity persists, I could see them hitting a retool button and wanting some fresh picks, young players. Yeah, uh, I like Matt Parzal. He's a really good player. He's having a really good year this yeah. year. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a... Uh, I don't know if he's going to be available. He's you 26. Know, you he never makes, know with uh, Lou Lamorello. He doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean... Depending on the cost, if he was oh, how many years has he got left on his contract? He signed at nine point one five through twenty thirty thirty one. Jesus! Now see to me that that makes a lot of that sense. Fits that's the a time a twenty six year old, right? With uh, probably Barzell with Bedard would be a good combo. And then we're talking about like the kind of a big power forward type that can go get a puck. He's not an ideal power forward. He's not Todd Bertuzzi or Brennan no. Shanahan, but he's closer to that than he is to a Nazar. It's kind of like getting. Taylor Hall on his prime, yeah. As opposed to Taylor Hall at the tail end of his career, uh, I would I'd be down for that for sure. I would, depending on the ask, asking price, I, I I would consider it. But as Michael Evans says, he just signed that big contract right this year, so I don't think he's going to be the guy the Islanders move on from. But I also wouldn't put past anything past old wacky Lou Lamorello. I was looking at Anders Lee, but he's only he's thirty three. Ace tools. Yeah. He's been around forever. Put down your love for Notre Dame for five minutes. No, (laughs) I will not. Uh, Griffin also says, you see a defenseman free agent splash this offseason, four to six million dollars a year, Montour or Ah, Nah. Nah, they got so many defensive prospects that they like. Uh, Plus, you still got Connor Murphy. You still have Seth Jones. Um, I I would. I'm not signing a defenseman free agent. I'm seeing if I I am, it's going to be. For like Depth. that seventh guy, like, hey Nikita Zaitsev, you want to come back for one year, two million? Sure, to be our sixth, seventh guy. Yeah, it's not. I'm not making a splash defensively because Vlasic's going to have a full year under his belt. You know, Korchinski will be coming in the year two. You got Murphy Jones. You know, Delmatro Allen. Are those guys making the step up? Maybe. So maybe you do sign one more veteran, but not a splash guy. You're going to be signing a guy. That's, you know, your sixth guy. Maybe you bring Caleb Jones back. Sure. I'm trying to find uh, I would not. I would take Zaitsev back next year on a cheap deal. I don't think he has been much better than expected this year. Yeah. I might try someone different. I see what you're saying, but all right, here's your <laughs> top of the list. Brent Seabrook. <laughs> Bring him back. Oh, that's a he who shall not be named move. Oh, God. These are some old players here. Tyler Myers, Jake Muzzin, Alec Martinez, TJ Brody, Chris Tanev, Tyson Berry, John Klingberg, Shane Gossespierre, Matt Dumba, Brendan Dillon, Nikita Zadorov, Joel Edmondson. Zadorov is the first guy I named who is under 30, by the way. Yes. Brandon Montour, Marco Scandal. This is a bad free agent class. I mean, if Matt Dumba wants to come here on a one-year deal, two-year but deal. But he sat here all summer. I feel like if the Hawks wanted Matt Dumba, they could have had him. Yeah. You know? Like, he was one of the last free agents to sign. Yeah, there's nothing on... Uh, want Tony D'Angelo? Pudwack. No. Uh, there's nobody on Oof. that list that I'm bending over backwards to bring in. How about the other Sebastian Ajo? Sure. <laughs> Kel Foote, 25 years old. Yeah, there's a lot of old and bad on this list. But again, like somebody on a two-year deal, okay. Like Shane Goss's bear at 32 years old, okay. Maybe. He makes the team better. Deal. One year deal. Yeah. I wouldn't go I wouldn't go beyond a year for any of those guys. I feel like he's gonna get some offers. Now. He's having a decent year in Detroit. He's got twenty eight points in thirty seven yeah. games. Somebody will pay him. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one here. Super chat from Michael. Thank you, Michael. Could Nazar be called up at the season's end? I mean, if the, if Michigan is eliminated early enough, right? Because the frozen yes. four is 
the same weekend as the final weekend of the NHL regular season. Yeah. And it also depends on if he's ready to turn pro because once he signs with the Blackhawks, he cannot go back to college. Right. So if he's even debating going back the next year, he won't sign until the summer. So maybe uh, if Michigan has an early run, uh, an early exit, um, you know. He is 19, so he would be Rockford eligible next year. Yeah. Could, you could do the Wyatt Kaiser plan with him. Sure. Or they may, or he may want to go back to college. You know, maybe Michigan has a, a heartbreaking loss in the Frozen Four, and he feels like there's unfinished business. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have him no. play another year in Michigan as opposed to you know uh, burning a year off a contract. And in again, that slider. Now Mazar is a year further down that you have to worry about re-signing him. Yeah, uh, I'm down either way. If he wants to go back to Michigan, so be it. Uh, if he wants to turn pro, and the Hawks want to give him a look at the end of the year, because even if, he, t- even if he turns pro, I'm not ready to be like Frank Nazar has to be in the NHL all 82 games next year. Oh, no. No, yeah. I, I really like the, for what, you know, the Vlasic Kaiser plan, uh, not the Iser plan, the Kaiser plan. Is that the guys that did the uh, the Bulls theme song? <laughs> or that was Alan Parsons project. That's the Alan Parsons project. <laughs> the Alan Parsons project. Uh, yeah, so take your time with him. But yeah, what, what's fun about that is if he does decide he wants to be pro, and they're not in a frozen four, yeah, he can come play 10, 15 games with the Hawks at the end of the year, wet his beak a little bit, and then go play Rockford next year. Uh, I'm down for that. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Hawks are in good shape with this stuff. Like, they don't have to decide any of this now. They can take their time developing him. If he comes up and he's great, super. Then you got another great player to come next year, and you got to think if the Hawks are picking first, Celebrini is straight to the NHL. Right. Uh, not sure about, you know, Iserman or Lidstrom or whoever probably else they not, might take no. at 2 3 4. It's not Lidstrom. Lidstrom's probably going yeah. back to juniors next year. Right. But, uh, I mean, there's going to be a good possibility of several new faces next year. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but, yeah, this is the fun stuff is projecting what's going to happen in the future. Uh, yes, so thanks. I for- love being wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're getting good at it. Hey, I'm really good at it. All right, we're back tomorrow. We've got uh, Hawks postgame, Hawks and Earlers. That should be a fun one. It's a shame that we don't get Connor versus Connor. Uh, but game's at 7.30, so we'll be on probably right around 10.30 or so. If the snow doesn't wipe us off the planet. It's not going to be that bad, is it? It never is as bad as they say. It's I know. Be. I know. I hope not. My snowblower is not ready. All right, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow pregame. We appreciate you being here. And, of course, we want to remind you one more time that we are powered by our friends at ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at ComEd.com slash clean. We'll talk to you tomorrow after Hawks and Oilers on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We all silly like the mayor. 